Uh, welcome to Orange, Black, and Beyond, where we discuss Oregon State University sports, uh, focusing more on the sports that don't receive all the attention of football and men's basketball. Uh, we're recording here on a Sunday night, January 8th, and we're back after the holidays and my uh, brief experience or hiatus due to COVID. Yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996, and my co-host is Pete, OSU class of 1993. Happy New Year, Pete. Happy New Year, Brian. Good to be back. Glad you're feeling better. And um, while we do tend to keep our focus on the less publicized sports, I mean, football is football, of course, and there's no getting around football, which for Oregon State was finally worth talking about in 2022. And Coach Smith recently uh, got a $30 million uh, contract extension because of the success that he's had, turning around a program that Gary Anderson basically left for dead, you know, so much so that he was like, yeah. no, take your $12 million, I'm out of here. So, they, you know, the Beavers capped off the recently concluded 22 season, um, and they picked up 10 wins for the third time in program history, which dates all the way back to 1893. I, I mean, they haven't they haven't played every single season because of war and other mm-hmm. unpleasantness, but uh, regardless, the number of years on the calendar is 129, and and they've only had three seasons in which they've won 10 games. That's 2.3% of the years, I think. You are the engineering major. You're better at math than me, yeah. but I think that's I think that math checks out. That sounds right. I haven't looked at the math, but, but, but it is yeah. it is a rare occurrence, and congratulations to them for, for doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, because, again, we're, we're a little bit more mature than some fans age-wise, and, you know, like they won seven games total in the four years I attended, and, I, I don't know how many they won while you were there. Uh, I was spotted a three-win season in 89. So, um, you know, but this season that just passed uh, was just great. You know, um, there's some super postseason honors for the guys. Yep. Uh, West Salem's own Anthony Gould was named All-America as a punt returner, which was great. He had two that he took to the house this year. Um, running back Damian Martinez, I know we've enjoyed watching him. Um, freshman All-America, first team for him. And then, of course, Jack Coletto, the uh, the Swiss Army knife, or I the guess Jack Hammer. <laughs> Oregon, we should call him the Leatherman tool. He should have thought of that. That's yeah. You know, with, the, with the NIL, that that would have been a way to to make a couple of bucks there. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, the uh, the Jack Hammer. I mean, on offense, he ran for, he caught, and threw a touchdown pass. On defense, he played linebacker. He's in all the special teams. He blocked a punt in the Las Vegas yep. Bowl. Um, which was on the 17th of December, which seems like a lifetime ago. But, you know, they they um, they beat Florida. And so broad strokes and big takeaways on the on the season. I mean, again, 10 wins. That's the bottom line, of course, because there were not many teams in the country that did that. And the Pac-12 did have five of them, I think, which is pretty awesome. But uh, what's better about that, of course, is that OSU was one of them. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. OSU is one of them, and then they, uh, you know, beat the guys down the road. Coming yeah. back like that game was exciting because they came back from from downs, right? Yeah, and this is this is a situation where I've learned nothing from history because I am not proud of it, but I turned the game off when it was thirty-one yeah. ten. Um, just like back in two thousand six, I didn't go to the USC game even though I had a chance. I had tickets available. 2008 didn't go to USC. I said, oh, no, they'll never win those games. And they won. Um, yeah. <laughs> you well, know. I'll share I've my... I've learned nothing, Brian. I've learned nothing. Yeah, me neither. Like, 
I'll share my story. I was in Thailand on vacation, you know, visiting my wife's family, and I'm monitoring online score because you can't, you know, I can't watch the game. So I'm sure. monitoring the online score. I'm monitoring Twitter to get the updates. You know, it's, you know, midnight over there. And at a certain point, I was like, oh, this is done. I'm going to bed. And that's what I did. And then I woke up and I was like looking through the tweets and I was like, what? great win. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like what? And I had to like go look it up and look, you know, find all the stuff on it. And sure enough, they, they by the time I woke up, they won the game. That's awesome. And, yeah. you know, and it's, of course, the uh, uh, the team down the road, all their fans make the excuses. Oh, they gave the game away, blah, blah, blah. Well, one thing that's big difference between this team and teams from the past is when given those opportunities. Yep. They actually capitalized on yep. instead yep. of say, saying, "Oh, we've been presented with a uh, with a you know uh, yeah, exactly. a ball They've, on the two, and we move back twenty yards and right. kick a field goal." You know, exactly. It's score a touchdown. Finished you know? stuff, right? Like they yeah. get turnover and they score and they make you pay. They did. They they were doing what good teams are supposed to do. Yeah. Right? When they get the opportunity, they take advantage. Right, and so. Um, you know, I'm sorry that that gives uh, the green and yellow sour grapes, but, you know, that's what you're supposed to do if you're going to be right. competitive. I'm not uh, sorry at all. <laughs> no, me neither, actually. Uh, and, of course, thus far, the transfer portal, you don't want to trust the transfer portal before National Signing Day and before spring pra practice. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. they had the early signing day, but then you still got, uh, you know, February 1st signing day plus spring practice. All this time to get through the transfer portal yet, but knock on wood. Yeah. Or they've only lost Chance Nolan, which you had to expect once he lost his job uh, that he might leave and he appears to be leaving. And then uh, a backup tight end is leaving as well um, because they've got Jack Velling and some other guys who had a lot of success uh, catching the ball from yep. Goldbranson and <laughs> they're not going anywhere. So and, and then the big thing for the Beavers, they didn't make a lot of splashy um you know, acquisitions in the transfer portal so far, except the one that they did make was a pretty except, big one. I was going to say, yeah, except for one, one big one. One big one. But sometimes <laughs> that's, that's all you need, right? Yep. Um, especially if they're a team that was uh, pretty close to being, you know, I mean, they were really close to being 11 and one. They really were. There was no, they were, they were never in the Utah game, but the Washington game, and the USC game, they had legitimate chances of winning those football games, and they only lost by three points uh, because of turnovers and maybe a little bit of over-aggressiveness against the Huskies. Um, you know, they signed DJU uh, from uh, from Clemson. And then um, also they did pick up a kid from Oregon. This is uh, this is another thing. kid from the, uh, I think from the Portland area, Travis Stark is a, offensive lineman who's been a starter at Nevada. They picked him up as well. And then uh, in the um, commitments from the early signing period, they got Aiden Childs from Downey High School in California. Um, and also, um, so far, knock on wood, the guys that can come back versus going to the NFL, two of them have uh, said they're going to come back, one of the offensive linemen, which was a big deal. Uh, and then also, uh, um, I've lost his name, and Omar Spates. He hasn't officially declared whether he's coming back or going to the NFL. Um, I don't know how much longer he has to make that decision, but preliminary indications are he's going to stay at OSU, which is great. Mm. You know, and then, of course, you cap it off by beating Florida 
And excuses, excuses, but the Beavers beat Florida, and that's that's that. Yep, Once exactly. again, they did what a good team's got to do. Yeah, yeah. I had a coworker, and uh, I, one of my coworkers, he went to Florida, and I I didn't give him too hard of a time. All the other coworkers figured out I was Oregon State, and so they were giving him a hard time. But uh, oh, sure. Yeah, you know they um, beating beating a school from Florida is always a good thing. So well, yeah, and it's the first time they've ever beaten an SEC team in the yep. history of the program, and. So it's a big deal. You know, Florida can make all the excuses they want. They still, the scoreboard is the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. It's a great season. Congratulations to those guys. Congratulations. To Coach a lot Sam. of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. So um, moving on into the internationally recognized game of football, uh, the Beavers Bend team had a successful year making the postseason again. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, what, you know, the, a byproduct of that success is that the coach, that their coach Terry Boss decided to move on from OSU, um, earned a, an opportunity to coach in the professional soccer ranks. Um, Boss was the most successful coach in men's Be- Beavers men's soccer history, going 49, 23, and 15 uh, over the last five years, and guided the Beavers to the NCAA tournament four times. So, you know, yeah. good luck to Coach Boss. Absolutely. Um, the women's soccer team continues to build, but they did rack up um, some some good victories, including beating Arizona State uh, in the always difficult Pac-12. Yeah, good luck to Coach Boss in the in the pros. Hope he says hi to Ted Lasso. Um, mm. no, he, he he's not going to the EPL. He's going to the MLS. But uh, the other fall sports came uh, came to a close as well. Volleyball kept grinding to the end. Um, picked up a couple good wins. But again, you know, it's the Pac-12. It's meat grinder. <laughs> uh, men's and women's rowing teams both had good fall seasons and are primed to get after it in the spring. Hopefully, uh, you know, not too many frozen lakes when they get going a little bit later on. Men's and women's golf both wrapped up their fall seasons and they announced their new recruits. Uh, Coach Don Shockey's women's team got Rebecca Kim from South Surrey, B.C., where in addition to being an outstanding golfer, she also has a, a 4.0 GPA. Um, I was reading about her, and, and one of her reasons for choosing OSU, as she said, it was because it's within driving distance from her home in BC for you know her family to visit mm-hmm. her to go back home. And I thought about that for a minute, and I thought what she meant was she's like really long off the tee, but she meant in a car, mm-hmm. not driving from the tee box. But actually, it, it is only about a six-hour drive by car, so that's not too bad. Um, I only bring that up because her signing classmate is uh, Ryan, a cow from uh, Honolulu which is not drivable by golf club nor car, but uh, she's also an outstanding student and golfer, 3.9 high school GPA, and she was the Hawaii State champion as a junior, so we welcome those ladies to OSU, wish them a lot of success on the course and in the classroom. And uh, one other thing about that, Brian, the um, last quarter, the uh, academic programs, I mean, the athletic programs had a cumulative GPA of 3.36, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, better than mine. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't trying to juggle a sport, so yeah. good for them. We're just trying to go to class. Yeah, yep. uh, both both golf programs are strong, which again, great coaching staffs. Because um, you know Corvallis isn't. Uh, there's no golf resorts in Corvallis. So <laughs> no, not so much. Tristing Tree is about all we got down there. So. Yeah. Um, Corvallis is a, a hotbed for cross country. Um, so they put, you know, putting the finishing touch on a great cross-country season. Uh, back in November at the Nationals, OSU took 24th, which is one of the best cross-country finishes in team his- history. 
Kaylee Mitchell came in 18th overall. And <laughs> I always struggled with this, Greg. <laughs> Grace Featherstone finished 31st, earning both runners all American honors with uh, Featherstone earning all American honors in cross country, indoor track, and outdoor track. So, you know, great running. Glad they do that because I hate running. Uh, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and they, they do it really well. And Mitchell and uh, Featherstone are both, I think, underclassmen, so they'll be there for a little bit and keep building the program. Yep. And, um, you know, the throwers have uh, – I always look forward to the spring season because the yeah, throwers – Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how far they can throw stuff. That's I know. That's, they're, they're my favorites, I think. Um, we'll get to basketball in just a minute because I know you have some thoughts on the women's team, uh, which close to halfway through the season now, I think. But uh, – I, uh, you know, I have a couple baseball notes real quick. One is the team announced their TV schedule. They're going to be on TV at least 16 times in the upcoming season on Pac-12 Network and otherwise. Uh, I watched a lot of games last year, and I'm not superstitious, but if they lost, then I didn't watch. And then I'd only listen to them on the radio, but then if they lost the game I was only listening and not watching, I'd watch again, and if the next game was, you know, it's a whole thing. But uh, I do love OSU baseball, and and uh, been watching them closely since the Pat Casey days. And this this year, they should have another exciting team. Good recruits. Um, other piece of news is Travis Bazana, who mostly played second base last year, was named preseason All-America, second team. Bazana, um, he might be moved to the outfield because mm. that will solve two problems that the Beavers have after last year. One, uh, two of their outfielders were drafted into uh, professional baseball in Melton and uh, – Meckler, and then uh, Travis Bazana, um, he, he's actually very athletic, so they might move him to center, they might move him to left, um, but, uh, you know, they the Beavers have some really good middle infielders with the glove, they have Jay Bentrosky and mm-hmm. Kyle Dernetti, and Beavers led the nation in fielding percentage for most of the year, I think right up until that UCLA game that was so crazy in the tournament. Um, then they had a few stumbles, and they uh, finished in the top five still. Uh, Bazana, a highly valuable offensive player, and I'm sure Mitch Cannon will want to figure out a way to keep his bat in the lineup, yeah. but then get a little bit more out of the gloves up the middle if he can. So that's that's kind of where that's going, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, and it's cool that he's so athletic they can kind of move him around, right? Yeah. yeah. He's he's not a Jack Coletto yet, but they'll <laughs> they'll work on it. Yeah. Jack who, the he's not a Jack Coletto, but who is? Right, Right. exactly. Right. Uh, let's move it indoors. Where will we? Let's start uh, with gymnastics, right? The Beavers open the season with a third place finish in the Super 16, which is a which is a tournament in Las Vegas that had 14 teams um, currently ranked in the top 25, a, cop, a couple of top 10. So it's big competition, big way to start the season. So mm-hmm. um the Beavers started out on the bars, dug themselves into a hole a little bit, but battled back um, with good showings on, with the, in the beam, floor, and vault. Um, they had top four, top ten finishers on the beam, which is what got them into third place. Um, then they got great performance, great performances from Ariana Young and Jade Carey on the floor. And, you know, Carey, Jade Carey, Jade Carey. So Carey helped them remain in third by taking second place in the vault, too. Uh, Coach Chapman said she was impressed with the grit and determination um, after that first uh, rough round in, on the bars. So uh, yeah. good for the gymnastics team. Definitely. Good things in store for them. And, and uh, 
you know, the Pac-12, again, this is a recording. The Pac-12 is, is the conference of champions, so, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. they took second place last year in both the regular season and the conference tournament. So, and that got them into nationals. So, uh, other indoor stuff happening. The wrestling team continues to take on all comers and go up against the toughest teams in the country, uh, which will make them better prepared for the Pac-12, which has Stanford, of course, and then Arizona State who's a top five team in the country. And so today the Beavers welcomed Oklahoma State into Gill Coliseum. The Cowboys are number 12 in the country. And uh, Oklahoma State did win that meet 20 to 12, but the Beavers fought hard and got some big wins and a lot of points. I mean, uh, they got a win for Matthew uh, Oldwin at uh, uh, 165 and Mateo almost at 174. Trey Munoz, who's been wrestling great all season, won again at 184. And then Tanner Harvey got a big win at 197. Um, so it's, you know, continues to roll on for them. Uh, moving to the basketball, the men's basketball team, yeah, they're on the road this week. It didn't go well. Uh, Thursday night, they got just hammered by Utah, 79 to 60. Uh, and last night, they got swallowed up whole by Colorado, 62-42. But Colorado's defense is just absolutely stifling. And then you got the altitude, too. But they held both the Beavers and the team from down the road into the 40s this week. So it's a tough, uh, tough environment there in, uh, in Colorado. The good news is this year's men's team has already won seven games, including a conference win. So compared to what happened last year, they're already ahead of the curve a little bit. And the way Coach Tinkle grows his team, we saw this two years ago in the team that made the, the Elite Eight. Uh, over the course of a season, you know, they're going to grow to probably being more competitive, which is something they weren't last year. So, you know, that's that's encouraging. Yeah. Even though they're one and four in conference, they're still showing, pardon me, signs of life. Yeah, so, we'll um, how about the women's basketball team? Well, let's get into them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as of, as of right now, you know, the Beavers are 10 and 6. Lots of new players we've been talking about. Um, a lot of freshmen. Um, but they've shown signs of greatness for sure. Like, um, of the six losses, you know, five of those six losses come against, you know, top 25 teams. Nice. Iowa, Oregon, Duke, LSU, and then this past Friday at Arizona, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, the only really bad loss was to USC, and I was there for that game. They just were out of sync. Like, they just yeah. turning the ball over. On both um, sides of the ball, really, too? Or Yeah, I mean, the defense was not really great. They'd had these a uh, lot of turnovers, breakdowns in communications, you know, throwing the ball out of bounds and a lot of those things. And they were doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff, which is not really the way. That's not their uh, game. Yeah, it's not their game. So. You know, they they took that kind of a bad loss, um, you know, on that Friday night. But then on the flip side, they came in and just played great. Um, it was a tough game against, you know, at the time, top 10 UCLA. You know, granted, they didn't have Charisma Osborne, but they took them down. Um, so a win is a win, especially against a ranked team. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really fun win. They came back to win that. I was really not sure they were going to do it but they did and, and so it was a really great win this last friday they played arizona really tough they started out really well they dominated most of the game mm -hmm. you know, at one point they were up 12 points um you know sydney weiss you know former oregon state player was calling the game and you know to kind of quote her you know the basketball games are 40 minutes and oregon state played great for 37 you know yeah. and, and, and uh, arizona came back which 
you know, they're a top ranked team too. And yeah. came back in the last couple minutes to win that game. But a lot of players looked really great. Um, AJ Murat had probably the best game of her of the season. You know, she overall had a really great weekend with, you know, 17 points in the first half against Arizona. And then she had a solid 26 minutes and nine points with, against ASU today. Freshman Reagan Beers is just tearing it up. Yeah, uh, she's a force. She has t- 10 double doubles more than any other freshman in the nation. You know, it was interesting early in the season, you could see how much potential she had, how strong and powerful she was underneath. Um, really, really great rebounder, really great hands. And, you know, even this past weekend, I was really observing as teams are starting to scout for her. You know, now they're throwing double teams at her, they're throwing bodies at her. And she's just still, you know, she had a tough first half against Arizona, but she kept at it, had a double double. Again, today against Arizona State, they were throwing bodies at her, and, you know, she still came out with a double-double. So, And she does have really good hands. That's one yeah. thing I enjoyed watching. That ball yeah. goes into her in the low post. It doesn't get swatted away. Yeah, She's decisive with the ball. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I, she's really – she's got great hands. She, yeah, I mean, she can play basketball. There's no – like anybody who doesn't think that, just watch her. She can play basketball. Talia Van Olhoffen, she's been kind of in a, quote, slump. Um, you know, she went off in Hawaii for 41 points against uh, Reno or Las Vegas. I can't remember which team, but Reno. I think it was Reno, yeah. I think it was Reno. She went off for 41 points. And then she's been kind of, quote, unquote, in a slump. And, you know, I'm really watching her play. Um, she's not, I think it's a couple things. Like, I think, one, teams are obviously scouting for her so they're clamping to trying to clamp down make things difficult for her i think she's also consciously really trying to get her team involved so she's taking less shots um trying to get everybody else involved because i think she knows later on the season that's what the team needs so that's my opinion you know hopefully that's what's happening um you know because i think we all know she can score um but you know, hopefully the rest of the team starts to kind of come together. Um, yeah. Well, and this happens. is the time of year, too, where, um, again, you know, going back to the cliche about how tough the Pac-12 is, if they can keep doing this thing where they beat one at least one of the really great teams that they play every weekend, yep. uh, they put themselves in a really good position for Las Vegas. And then, you know, um, and then if they can at least get a win or two in Vegas, then they've got a shot at winning the tur- or getting to the tournament. Yeah. That's you know, I mean, because that large a- is not likely. Um, right. But if they make at least a little bit of noise between now and the end of the, the conference tournament, then they could find themselves um, in an at large bid. I mean the way they look now, you're like, well boy, that at large bid is pretty tough to come by, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough. It's a, I think it is a pivotal point in the season if they can go on a run here. Um, obviously, I mean, beating te- beating like I'm going down to the Bay Area to watch the Stanford game. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so what you know, beating a team like Stanford is a tall order, but yeah. I think if they just can play them tough and just be in it till the end, uh, there's always a chance. But they've got to be taking out some of these teams. Like that USC loss, I think, is the really tough one. Like that they one did really should have yeah. had that win 
Um, but there's a lot of good pieces to the puzzle, right? All these players can play, um, really talented. You know, the three-point shot starts to fall. They've got the people inside that can pound. And their the freshmen are coming yeah. really good. Yeah, right. They they've got freshmen that can, that can shoot like that, like uh, Lily Hansford and Marta, Marta Peach and Adley Blacklock. Like they both, they all can play. So I think if they can get those pieces starting to fit, and the team can really put a run together here, you know, hopefully we'll see them in the postseason. So that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I guess we might as well look at uh, what's coming up because yep. the women's basketball team. Gets to be, um, they're at home this week uh, against yeah, the Washington both, schools. Yeah, so both basketball teams are going to be home this week. And then the men's team um, have the uh, Arizona schools. Yeah. Uh, wrestling goes uh, to Princeton on the 13th. Fun fact, uh, former defense secretary Donald Rumsfeld wrestled at Princeton. I have no idea why I know that. Uh, there's probably a piece of information I could have used that that should be there in my head instead of that knowledge, but whatever. Um, just gymnastics team has a multi-team meet coming up um, in uh, Salt Lake City area, uh, West Jordan Valley specifically. Uh, the first ever Wasatch Invitational, they've got Pitt, Cal, and Iowa. So that's right. going to be a really tough meet. Yeah. Uh, baseball starts up their season in the Corvallis of the Desert, Surprise, Arizona, on February 17th. And... Uh, then of course golf and some things like that later in the spring so yeah about yeah. it yeah so so with that we've reached the end of the episode uh, thank you for joining us we'll be we'll be we should be back again in a few weeks as the winter seasons uh winter season develops so go beefs go beefs <laughs>